What if you could say an all-in yes to yourself for 2022? What if you could commit fully to the things you said you were going to do, to the vision that you have, and to be in the room with a mentor who will hold you accountable, cast an even wider vision for you, and give you the strategy, tools, tactics, and support to ensure that these things come to fruition. Welcome to the iconic experience. Oh, just like comes out of me from the depths of my soul, this program, if I can even call it that. It's just not. That's why it's called the iconic experience. It is an experience. And it is one of the biggest gifts I've ever put out into the world. You are going to be part of a mastermind, a high level executive roundtable of perfectly welcomed in and invited in souls who will collaborate with you and network with you and stretch you and share ideas and all the goodness that comes out of a mastermind is so extraordinary. So you're going to have that every month. You're going to have group Voxer. So that mastermind stays active and you can drop in and ask questions and really share with one another and build deep, meaningful relationships. And on top of that, I thought, what could I do to expand this beyond something that I've seen out there in this world? And that is you have a full iconic experience by welcoming yourself into the rooms of everything I launch live in 2022. So you do not need to contemplate whether you should or do I want to invest. You get to sit back and receive for the entire year as the result of a single yes to yourself. One yes gets you a mastermind for the entire year full of really wicked women, group Voxer with these same women and myself, and you walk in the room for all the live coaching programs that I launch in 2022. You're just in. You're in the room. So this is really for the woman who is ready to lead, lead herself, lead her business, lead her life. And if this sounds like, ooh, it's a prayer I've been asking for, and I just want to say yes to something and just enjoy the experience versus looking constantly for the next thing, the next answer, the next coach, oh, the confusion, the chaos, the energy that is expended through that. Welcome to the iconic experience. You can come into the DMs tell me you're interested, ask the questions. I am so excited to answer them and to get to know you and see if this is a fit for you. Welcome to the best year of your life in 2022. And I'm telling you right now, the iconic experience is going to be like the rocket that's going to take you to the whole new level, the one that you've been asking for. But really what hypnotherapy is, is a calming of the nervous system so that you can access the subconscious, the 95% of the mind, which is the subconscious mind. And what happens when you're calm enough to start to, you know, recall from those places, you start to uh, really see and get down to the root, the cause and the reason of many of our self-imposed limitations and many of our, our beliefs. So the biggest misconception is that you don't, you're not in control, but it's actually quite the opposite. You have full free will. You're completely in control of your body. You can open your eyes at any time. You just may not want to open your eyes because it feels really good to be calm and really good to start, you know, moving into that theta brainwave, that brainwave right before you fall asleep, where you can have lucid dreams, where you can access memories on a deeper level. It's a beautiful place to be. 
Welcome to the Becoming Iconic Podcast. I am your host, Jen Spiegel. I am a life, business, and brand stylist. And after years of helping thousands of female entrepreneurs grow successful businesses and lives, I was called to bring these delicious conversations forward for those of you who are ready to build, expand, and actually enjoy all the desires of your heart. I'm so confident that this podcast will support you as you start to elevate and pursue the highest version of yourself. Thank you for being here. Sink in and enjoy. Hey, icons, welcome to the podcast today. I have a guest that has been on one of the very first guests, actually, a really amazing human being, Dana Shalit. She and I connected when I very first launched this podcast, and I knew her message around feminine and masculine energy was something I was seeking. So I shared her very early on, go back. It's one of the first 10 episodes, but it was time to have her back. And it was time to have this conversation again, because both her and I have done an incredible amount of growth and self-actualization over this last year and a half. And so I know we can dive even deeper into what all these things mean. And I have this like, incredible pleasure of witnessing her stepping out and into her purpose and mission into this world. And it's so inspiring and yet just so full of meaning. I I don't know how else to put it because you know when you know, and she's doing the right thing for her that is also lending to beautiful impact in this world. So we are going to talk about a lot of things in this podcast, my friends, I am going to challenge you to get your favorite cup of tea or something that you can just sit down with and maybe even a notebook and pad of paper to start asking yourself certain questions as Dana facilitates this. Dana is a hypnotherapist who focuses on healing the mind so that you can really empower yourself and live an optimal life. And so if that sounds like amen to you, welcome in. Welcome, Dana. Here we are again. This is like the best. Oh, I love our conversations. I love it. And I've had head to toe shivers. And that's how I know that we are about to get into something magical and divine. So I can't wait to see where this conversation goes. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's honestly a pleasure. And you are right now in Costa Rica. I am. Tell me what brought you there. Oh gosh, like always, it was one of those, uh, you know, perfect journeys that an opportunity came up to uh, take over and manage the construction of a house here owned by one of my family members. I found myself here at the beginning of January and here we are end of May and I'm still here. (laughs) It's been a magical journey. It's a really, really uh, connected place with a lot of spirituality and incredible people. So I have never felt as connected as I do now. And it doesn't, you know, the outer shouldn't affect the inner realistically, but it still does. So it makes a huge difference to be here. I think so. I think the environment in which we are living does make a huge difference, especially to that inner peace and the seeking of the feelings in which we really want to have as a part of our days. I know coming from the city and moving now to Costa Rica and like, I remember we were texting back and forth. You're like, I'm going out to surf today. (laughs) That's what I do to integrate the energy in my body. Sometimes my mind is going like, it's so tired that my body still has energy in it. And so doing something like surfing helps me integrate a little bit and bring them together. Mm. Tell me about the contrast though, because Toronto to where you are now living like in the jungle, basically that's very different. What has that brought forward for you? 
Gosh, so much, you know, I, there's the simple things like you can, you know, you only have a small closet of clothing and you're, the less is more here and you're not really wearing nice things because there is mud and there is jungle and there is rain. So that's number one, um, just really releasing the attachment to how I look you know, less makeup, crazier hair, you maybe can't tell right now because it's glued back. But and for those of you listening, of course. So yeah, the contrast of I would say it's like one next piece on the detachment scale. And when this whole pandemic started, and I was in Toronto for that year, it was just me in my apartment for, you know, weeks on end, I wouldn't see people and I would, uh, I made it my goal to find my inner happiness. And I would say that I really did, you know, I always think of, um, um, like someone like Nelson Mandela that came out of a cell after 30 years with a big smile on on his face. I really felt like that was the opportunity to find my inner peace amongst struggle and amongst fear. However, making that move to Costa Rica, I would say it is quite a bit simpler. It's just simpler when the outer circumstances, you know, when you can be outdoors, you know, uh, there's just that freedom. And so I'm super blessed. I feel super lucky to have this experience. And I feel for everyone who who don't have that right now. I really do. Yeah. Thank you. And I, I imagine that stir in you in your apartment. I actually think that was a beautiful way of putting it that, you know, sometimes being almost forced to be by ourselves as much as that sounds maybe not attractive, there's a level in which you're forced then to look in the mirror and spend some time alone and really connecting to yourself. And that's really what you do now through hypnotherapy. Is that what lended you into that new business? Is that what kind of created that spark? Well, I've been uh, really interested in hypnotherapy for over a decade. I received some sessions early on and they made such an impact on my life that I kept following authors of hypnotherapy and doing different courses. Actually, for me, the pandemic, when it launched, because I'm able to practice this modality online, it really catapulted my business. And I think because people were home and forced, like you said, to look in the mirror, I really find that there's a huge shift right now to saying, why am I so unhappy? I have a roof over my head. I have a family that I love. You know, I have the physical needs I have met right now. Why is it that I'm so unpeaceful and so unhappy? And so I think that's why during these times, people are starting to dig a little bit deeper and uncover new layers within themselves. Mm, I think it is a key point to self-care right now. I think self-care is so far beyond just the movement of your body and nourishment of the food you eat. I think we have now sort of stretched ourselves so much emotionally that there are things that are being revealed and brought up to the surface that we can't just deny. You can't shove it down. I've had somebody on the podcast before she described it this way and it like will forever be how I visualize it. But these emotions like a beach ball and shoving the beach ball under the water. I mean, it just keeps popping back up. And so that's what you're here to really guide people through. And I just think this is an absolute key part of the self-care process. What is hypnotherapy though? Because I have not had that experience and it's a little intimidating for me when I think about that. I'm like, you know, you think about those days in which people would be hypnotized at like a bar you would go to and do all sorts of crazy things. So that's right. What do they I won't do? make you jump around like a chicken unless you want to jump around like a chicken. That's that's the that's the key, the key ingredient there. That's more show hypnotherapy, and I think that's what we all you know grew up seeing. But really, what hypnotherapy is is a calming of the nervous system so that you can access the subconscious, the ninety five percent of the mind, which is the subconscious mind. 
And what happens when you're calm enough to start to, you know, recall from those places, you start to uh, really see and get down to the root, the cause and the reason of many of our self-imposed limitations and many of our, our beliefs. So the biggest misconception is that you don't, you're not in control, but it's actually quite the opposite. You have full free will. You're completely in control of your body. You can open your eyes at any time. You just may not want to open your eyes because it feels really good to be calm and really good to start, you know, moving into that theta brainwave, that brainwave right before you fall asleep, where you can have lucid dreams, where you can access memories on a deeper level. It's a beautiful place to be. So that's what hypnotherapy is. We start by getting you really nice and calm. And then we start to talk and have recall memories of, you know, where things started. And then that's when, you know, my tool belt comes in. I have a whole bunch of tools that allows you to really put the past where it belongs, put the past in the past, you know, clip that cord from those self-imposed limitations. And really my goal is that you don't have to see me again, that we can leave it there and move forward powerfully. The biggest key of hypnotherapy is at that point, you're really calm and really suggestible and receptive to commands. And so at that point, we start to command your brain, command your mind to act and behave in the way that you want it to behave. Wow. So I've heard of cord cutting. Mm. It's actually been recommended to me. There's a few relationships in which, and it's been brought up by people who I, I guess they're intuitive, who have come across my path and have even pointed it out. So people who don't know me and people who have known me are saying there's a ceremony in which they want me to participate in. And again, it's the unknown of this that has been intimidating for me. So maybe you could describe what that is. Cord cutting is a process by which you energetically detach from another person, place, or thing. For me, when I think of a cord cutting, I think of a reclamation of energy. Because really, when we don't forgive someone, we're keeping that energy alive. Or when we're still attached to the, so the story of what happened or something, that energy is like running and you can imagine it in like the circular form. And we're constantly giving our energy to this topic, person, place, or thing. And so really, it's a release of ourselves. And so I've had to do that where one day I got up and I was like, you know what, this situation, what would I do if that energy wasn't going there anymore? And so creating a ceremony, we're going to get into talking about what it means to move into the divine feminine, but ceremony alters all of those kind of processes only support you by mentally getting you to a place where you can detach from that, that energy. So I'm sensing this could be in terms of relationship, but it also could be in terms of body liberation, food, Absolutely. All habits in which we are just in this perpetual cycle. And I really like, I'm, I'm kind of grasping what you're saying. It's this found seems very profound because it's not just a one size fits all, or it is a one size fits all. It is. <laughs> yeah. It's different for every person because those memories, you know, those triggers for when a behavior or belief started are usually so in your subconscious. Like they're not those big moments where we think, oh, that person was mean to me. And for the rest of my life, you know, I don't deserve love. It's actually a minute experience where you, you form this belief of I'm not worthy. I'm not enough. What I want isn't available to me or I'm not lovable. The main four self-limiting beliefs that we all carry to a certain extent. And so that cord cutting happens when you're like, yeah, but I am not four years old anymore. I am not 
10 anymore. I know how to handle these situations differently. I have tools available to me that now that I didn't have when I was a kid. And therefore, I don't have to react from that place. So it starts with awareness. And once you have awareness, you can let something go. You can cut that cord. And from that place, you can create from true authentic power, from desire, from, you know, love versus, you know, manipulation and trying to control and all of those things that we do. Right. So now we're even getting into like inner child healing, which is so, to me, so important. And mm-hmm. I have to be honest, if I, I've never really talked about this on the podcast, but it is something I'm, I'm definitely going to be talking about more and more is leadership and leadership from a healed divine perspective and how many people are out there leading others where they haven't done the self-care, this growth, the cord cutting, the discovery, the curiosity around why we do things and why these things trigger us. And so what we're doing is we're leading from these places and really taking our past selves and bringing them into the future and and projecting that onto others. And to me, leadership, now that I know better, the most powerful, impactful, compassionate leadership comes from someone who has done deep work to recognize the things within themselves and also set new standards for themselves and how they move forward. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So talk to me a little bit about inner child work because I talk about it, but I've never had somebody actually explain what that is. And I want to assume there's some people listening right now that this is foreign to them. They're, They're not sure what that means. Yeah. So inner child work is really the process by which, again, you get to the root, the cause and the reason of your behaviors. So we come into this world, this perfect ball of energy, this perfect ball of love, completely expressed, completely unapologetic unapologetic, self-accepting, non-judgmental, you know, you really see what source energy is when you start, when you look at a baby and how they've entered this world. And then a bunch of things start to happen. You know, our needs are not met. We start, you know, our, the generations before us, they only know how to communicate from a place of forcing an outcome and manipulation. And sorry, and I I have the best parents, by the way, like, like, I have to say, I have the best parents. (laughs) And yet, I still have these limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. And even though they were the parents that, you know, believed in me the most, I'm so blessed. I have friends say to me, you know, I just don't want to screw up my kids. And my answer is that you are going to screw up your kids. That is your job. You are going to heal yourself as best you can, but they are going to, at some point, make decisions and form beliefs about their, themselves that are not serving them. Mm-hmm. And then it will become their journey to peel that onion, to unpack it, to self-actualize and to move toward an evolution, we need contrast, bringing back to our original conversation. You know, we need contrast to heal. And one of my favorite quotes is that contrast creates waves of desire, which is the basis for all of creation. And that is what we're doing is we're creative beings. So we need the contrast. So I don't know, that was a roundabout way to answer your question, but <laughs> oh, actually really beautiful. And I appreciate you saying that because I, I don't know if you noticed, but I got emotional. That is a definite trigger for me. Like as a mom, ugh, I worry all the time about what I've done or did. <laughs> so you mentioning that and saying, no matter how perfect I say in quotes, a parent can be they're still having their life experience, their chosen life experience as their own spiritual being. And so that just felt like a huge release for me. 
Thank you very much for saying that because I think there's a lot of moms listening in where we have so much pressure on our chest, on our backs and our hearts to make every decision right. And if we make a mistake or snap, we punish ourselves and shame ourselves. So at least I can speak for myself. I do where you think, oh my goodness, have I messed them up? (laughs) But to have that permission, I suppose, to allow them to experience it the way they will feels really beautiful. Absolutely. And I, I believe that on a soul level, we have contracts with our soul families and that we are on our path to support each other in evolution, to break karmic cycles, all of that. And so all we can do is take a step towards love and that includes loving ourselves. And so my hope is, you know, I'm not a parent. I can't fully understand, you know, what it feels like to have limbs leaving, living outside of your body that go and do their own thing. But my hope as a parent is that, you know, we continue to heal ourselves. And one of my favorite thing about being a therapist is that I heal in other people's healing you know, the more we heal, the more peace we have, you know, the more the macro has peace, the more your family will and and so on and so forth. So that's all we can control is our own inner peace and the love that we have in our heart. And then we trust that everybody else is on their evolutionary journeys. Wow, this is good. It's already exceeding my expectations because (laughs) these are the types of conversations I am craving as a human being, as a woman, as a mom, as an entrepreneur, because if we are all doing things on a surface level, it is never the full experience. And this stuff is not comfortable, is it? Like you're, I'm sure with your clients, yeah, it is messy. It is, you know, snotty nose and deep, deep conversations, but who you become and the elevation of yourself, it's almost like a transcendence, isn't it? It's beautiful. I've done a little talking lately about in personal growth. I'd like to actually ask you this question, but the personal growth industry to me now feels skewed. I was so immersed in it and I said the things that are said in that industry. And I know it's not a bad industry. I believe people are doing the best they can with what they know, but you do realize personal growth is not consumption of books. It's just not. That is a beautiful accent or compliment to your growth, but it is not what will create that deep growth. Absolutely. I think there's a level of integration that needs to happen. And I think for me, I know I'm moving towards an integrated self when I am peaceful and happy with the present moment and loving and non-judgmental and non-reactive. Like to me, that is what the consciousness path is. And, you know, I'm not saying I am that all the time, but I can, I can see again, the growth. If you ask my mom, I was the most reactive child, like so much anger, so much heat, so much passion. And I know I'm on the path of, you know, as that reactive reactiveness starts to dwindle off as it's replaced with love and light, uh, acceptance of others and so on and so forth. So yeah, there's an integration that needs to happen to move down that path. 100%. So let's dive into this feminine masculine energy because it kind of coincides, doesn't it? I mean, we are in this personal growth industry, you and I, and we have now kind of taken one step further. And one of the things that really started to become apparent for me in my journey was how ingrained the masculine energy was for me. I mean, I was, if we're looking at a scale, the scale was like completely, it was heavy on the masculine. And I'm doing a lot still of 
forgiveness around that because again, I just didn't know I did what I did in that moment with what I knew, but I know it affected my relationships. I know it even affected my parenting because I was transitioning into my home in this very heavy masculine, this like hustle mentality, get things done. If you rest, you're lazy, all this stuff. Moving into the feminine has been one of the most incredible experiences from top to bottom. I think of how I care for myself in the morning now. You know, it's not like wash the face, slop things on, get going. It's like I take time and I feel my skin and I put music on and I put makeup on even when I don't have to. That's just what I like. It doesn't, you don't need to do that for the feminine, but all these practices I've now put into place that have anchored me into who I want to show up as. And as I have sat back, I almost envisioned myself as like sitting back in a chair, my leg crossed and welcoming in life, just kind of sitting back. And it's just like, like this vortex of just come on in. (laughs) And it has been my experience and it's so beautiful. I crave this for others. So I would love though, to go back to the basics because you are so educated on this of what is feminine, what is masculine and how do people define that for themselves? Absolutely. And I just have to say, I felt what you said and I know what you're talking about, that feeling of just receiving and letting it in and the flow and how much faith and patience that takes. And we're not, you know, in a world where faith and patience is celebrated. We are still in a patriarchal societal structure. And, and that's why I said there, there can't even be forgiveness because we were born into it. We're in a, in a state of healing. Mm. So just to share the basics of what this feminine and masculine energy is that we all have within us, by the way, this is not a conversation around gender. This is a conversation around duality of energies that support each other. And when they are in balance, we automatically feel balanced because our energies are balanced within us. So the way we were taught is this masculine energy dominated patriarchal structure where we are doing, 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 where we are in our logical thought consistently, where we are giving, where giving feels, you know, so like giving is celebrated, even if we are sacrificing ourselves for that giving. And the masculine really is good at compartmentalizing. It is, you know, respected, it's admired, it's challenged. Those are, you know, the characteristics. Now, as we start to move into the feminine, into the divine feminine, into matriarchal structure where, which I believe the world thrives in a matriarchal structure, we are in a place of being more than doing. We are in a place of, you know, celebrating creativity. Versus, you know, only the logical thought, we are receiving equally to giving, there is an exchange of energy, a circular motion, if you will, and we are in flow. The feminine wants to be witnessed, it wants to be cherished, it wants to be praised, and it should be what has happened over, you know, millennia where, you know, the patriarchal structure has dominated is that we've lost that celebration, the celebration of life, this divine feminine force that is within us on a physiological level. The, if we're looking actually at masculine and feminine gender roles, the feminine gender has 800 times more nerve endings within the physical body. 
And so there is this, and there's this expression range that automatically changes, right? But as women, we're not taught to be expressive. We're not taught to celebrate. And that's because we're super wounded. You know, I think we've been, we've talked about the mother wound. I think there's a sisterhood wound. And there's a deeper wound, which is like the witch wound, which is, you know, that fear of being persecuted actually for your range and your power, so on and so forth. In the sisterhood wound, we just learn to judge everything and everyone around us as a way of manipulation. And it's another way that the patriarchy keeps us small and keeps the feminine from expressing itself. Whoa. Sorry, that's a big, that was a long run on sentence there. (laughs) I'm like sinking my teeth into what you just said because it's really powerful. And friends, those of you listening, I actually would love you to rewind and listen to that again. And then listen to that in terms of what it means to you, how you're showing up. What are the things in your life where you could create more harmony between these two? Because as entrepreneurs, fempreneurs... And again, I don't want to be gender specific because men have the masculine and the feminine, but knowing that this audience primarily is a fempreneur, where can we step into more faith in our business and receive versus what we're seeing online over and over and over again of like five spots left this weekend only, you know, these approaches that I think we're all fatigued from a little bit. How does that feel though, Dana, like in a fempreneurship day, how does she walk in and welcome in that energy so that she shows up to receive what is truly hers in the first place? Yeah, I think it's, uh, it starts like everything uh, with your day, with how you start your day and how you move into that awareness. I was someone, you know, like you mentioned as well, that was 100% in my masculine. I was really good at doing, like excelled in the doing and I got there. Whatever there is, I got there and I still found a lack of peace. I was unbalanced. I was still anxiety ridden. I had all of those, you know, experiences, even though I did it and did it and did it and hustled and, and grind, you know, took my teeth and, and went through it, right? And so what it feels like when you start your day is in ceremony and in ritual and in, you know, meditation and gratitude and letting people and others not only give to you, but sharing your desires of what you would like and what would make you happy and letting others, aka the masculine energy actually give to you from the beginning of the day. You know, there were small little acts that I did that started to shift the energy. I didn't even let people open the door for me. I didn't receive compliments. How bad are we at receiving a compliment? The feminine should be revered. It should be complimented. It's a beautiful energy. So starting to receive in the little ways, self-care is a beautiful way. And I think when you are in your feminine, like you said, there is a beautiful sense of flow that is going through every vein in your body. You are creative. You feel whole. There's a wholeness that emerges an acceptance and a love and a power. Mm. a much deeper power. Yeah. I was, as you were talking, this word was like, I wanted to come out of me as confidence. I Mm. think sometimes people who are not in tune with this, think of the feminine as weaker. And I would challenge you friends, if that is your belief system to really step into it, to see how powerful and confident you become as you step into that femme energy, because it is definitely not weak. Would you agree? No, absolutely. You look, all you need to do is see a woman in labor to receiving how, be- to see how beautiful it is when a woman receives and is able to birth life 
literally life <laughs> out of her and the power and the grit and the contrast that comes from that divine feminine moment. That and, you know, I look at maybe this isn't the best example, but women like even a Cleopatra, I imagine her sitting in her throne with the, you know, the grape leaves fanning her and the power that comes from someone sitting in their divine feminine power for creation. And what a beautiful matriarchal world. That is my utopia, by the way. This Wonder Woman era where, you know, we respect each other. We lead with love. We lead with kindness and peace for all. We look at the macro. We trust the range of expression. We are creative. We are free. We are in flow. There's no doing. There's only a being. And there's room for the masculine. There's a lot. We're just, you know, we're overly saturated. We're overly unbalanced. So I think once we reclaim this feminine, there will be an opportunity to, again, continuously find that balance between the being, the doing, the receiving, and the giving. Now, I know Mama Gina was a mentor of yours for a while. We had some cosmopolitans and talked about this, didn't we, you and I? Yes, we did. (laughs) That was a good time. (laughs) It was so good. And that was really, I have to be honest with you, Dana, that was the first I'd ever heard of things like this. I had never been exposed to that and to the curiosity of being a woman and really discovering who I am. Where could people start if, again, I I want to assume there's people listening that this feels very new and fresh, like I was that one day we had Cosmos together. Where could they start to really begin to understand what feminine is and what that could mean for them? Gosh, even just listening to this podcast, I would say, and there's, it's so funny, I, I'm, I'm just about to launch a program. I have, um, by the time this airs, I'll have a masterclass aired already. And it's exactly around that. And it, it's, you know, me, just like everyone who's listening, had to keep reaching for those mentors and those coaches ahead of me. Mama Gina was one of them for me. Her book, uh, which is called Pussy, A Reclamation is one of the most powerful books that I have ever read in terms of reclamation of this feminine. Yeah, I would say it start with Mama Gina. She's unbelievable. And yeah, and if it's calling you, really reach for it. So you have a program coming out, which is to help them identify feminine masculine in their lives and their businesses. What's that all about? So this program's coming out is called uh, Odyssey to the Divine Femme. And it's based on my experience of shifting from the masculine dominated energy into the feminine. So first it starts with awareness like we do. And for that, it's about becoming aware of the wounds. So like I said, the mother wound, the sisterhood wound, and the much deeper witch wound, if you will, which some people don't love that title, but I love it because I think of those times, you know, where we did get persecuted for our power. Then we moved in, you know, from awareness comes the shift where we start every day to move and to shift from the doing to the being, from the logical thought to the creative and take, unfortunately, masculine actions towards making that shift. Eventually it becomes really second nature and you become more comfortable in the feminine energy or in the balance of it, if you will. And then the third is about reclaiming the throne. That's what really how I see it. It's about reclaiming the powerful, divine, feminine throne, a shift into matriarchy, that utopian experience of real sisterhood, of real power, of creation from communication that is based in love and appreciation and, again, sisterhood. Because I think you and I, we've talked about this before, that is one of the biggest assets of the patriarchy is not, you know, the fact that we're already wounded, but it's 
how we turn on each other and how we manipulate each other and how we keep each other small. And so if I could change one thing, if I had one utopian, you know, check mark that I could move forward with, it would be, let's really raise each other up. Let's really come from our divine feminine power, find our own peace, our own balance, cultivate love and give it away from that really powerful place. So that is my exciting new program. It's been pouring out of me, so I can't wait. Oh, I'm just so grateful. And that purpose and mission that you have, I mean, I am exhausted by watching women as they identify. Manipulate is a great word. Manipulate or feel in competition to or feel that in some way, shape, or form by diminishing her, it raises me, you know, that I've been a part of it. I've been a part of it, especially in my first business that was very female dominated. And really sensing that it was you fit in. And if you don't fit in, you are made to feel very different and not accepted. And it always hurt my heart because I just think, aren't we all supposed to have this like soul imprint on the earth, which means we are all so unique and special and different. And imagine if we looked at each other with those eyes of like, wow. Like, you know, when you see a baby and you're just like, wow, you want to soak in the little nose and the lips and the eyes. What if we looked at other women like that of this, like, wow, look at you. Yes, this divine power with the lion mane, if you will, completely expressed and out there for the world in our power. I I think it's possible. And I think it starts with, again, that awareness. And it's not our fault. This is a patriarchal societal structure that we are currently redefining. And that's the opportunity. That is the contrast that will catapult it forward. And it's up to us as we cultivate self-acceptance, as we let go of self-judgment, judgment of others. And as we step into our authentic power, it gives permission for others to do the exact same thing. Absolutely. But aren't we challenged by it though? Don't the challenges come up by contrast? Really? Are you sure? And then something will happen to, to test that belief, right? <laughs> yes. And I also feel like what we're talking about is so perfect to tie this together because in order for every woman to stand in that, I do believe there's a level of healing that needs to take place so that we have this space for that. Because if we are coming from a wounded place, we will judge. We'll judge ourselves, which then lends into judging others. And so if we could just take radical responsibility for ourselves and really falling in love with us as a a human, that is what will bring out the love and acceptance towards others. And I know we've heard this before, but I really believe We're going from the hearing this like, oh, you know, treat others as you would treat yourself. I'm like, I don't even know if I fall for that anymore because how I treat myself sometimes is not all that great. So I don't even know if I like that saying, but I think we're now starting to action, gravitate towards really deciding for ourselves that we're worth this journey as uncomfortable as it may be. Absolutely. And that we are perfectly flawed and that, you know, that is a beautiful thing. You know, we are having this human experience, clearing up karma, moving towards our most self-actualized, all of those things, you know, it's part of the journey here. And so, yeah, as we delve into it, I agree 100%. As we move 
And by the way, that self-acceptance doesn't come from that masculine, from that doing achievement, giving logical thought. That is actually why we have to shift towards the feminine of being and knowing that we're enough as it is and receiving and being in our creative, most self-actualized. That is where the true power will come from and the shift towards the world. So I'm going to run through my day of certain things I do. And I, it's kind of like a rapid fire, but this is just coming to me. So I'm going to run with it. And I would love you to give me an idea or one idea that could move me more towards the feminine in that practice. Okay. So getting up early or sleeping in. Depends on the day. Yes, it does. Okay. When we get up, do we do start doing laundry? Is that a feminine or do we sit in meditation and quiet? I would say sitting in meditation and quiet would be the feminine you know, part of it. But sometimes I get up like this morning and I put on music in my ears and I started to do, and I was playing and dancing. There is still a way to do that in your feminine. And sometimes you just need to honor the masculine, which is totally fine. So again, depending on the day, the feminine would not decide like in advance, it would wake up and be like, what do I need today? What do I desire? What would make me feel the best with this day? Ooh, that's the nugget right there. It doesn't plan. It wakes up and feels. Ooh, I'm taking that. Okay, movement, body movement. Totally feminine. You should move every single day. Now, I will say that I used to do boxing and a really intense, high-intensity sport. It would spike my cortisol. I was never able to fully like slim down to the point that I am now where I'm actually at my happiest. So it's okay, but physical movement, but I would also urge you to concentrate on the connection to body. So that's why I love Pilates so much, why I love dance so much. Those are more, to me, more feminine, energetic movements versus the boxing, which is more of a doing and an action. So again, feel into it. You will know if you're in a place of connection versus outer uh, exertion. Mm, I'm just learning that. I'm actually in the deep end of learning that about myself right now. So this is good. Nourishment, food. How could we step into feminine? Mindful eating. So you actually mentioned something I think earlier, like literally how you eat a strawberry and how you engage your senses while you're eating and how you nourish your body with foods that actually make you feel amazing. Eating a decadent piece of chocolate, everything a little bit more slow, more intentional, more mindful, full of desire and joy and receiving of energy into your body. Mm, So good. So fun. Does dressing like what you wear have anything to do with it? I think so. For me, again, it's how you feel. I think in your case, for sure it would. And I know that sometimes when I want to be in my darkness, when I want to express that side of me, I'll actually wear dark. And sometimes I want to be all flirty and I'll wear flirty-esque clothes. So whatever supports um, your feelings of that day would be a feminine expression. It's consistent that it's about tuning in and following that intuition, following that flow, what feels good right now versus dictating, deciding sitting in boxes, structure all the time. And when I think of this in my personal experience, I literally feel like I was just like ripped open the the floodgates of what was possible. And I too was the same. I had massive success in my masculine. So it's not to say you can't be successful in the masculine because you and I both share that experience. I think we're both just suggesting 
that there's another way that may feel may feel good to you. And that's where you get to explore and be in your feminine because that's kind of a flirtatious way of deciding what feels good and how do I love my day to look and and feel. Absolutely. And it takes, again, a lot of trust, a lot of faith, but the divine is within us. You know, we are source energy and there's so much proof that we're these energetic beings, right? So I think part of the feminine is really recovering the divine spark that is within us all versus relying on these outer experiences to dictate how we should feel and who we are. The answers, as cliche as it is, are within us. Oh, so good. Okay, Ms. Dana, where can they find you for hypnotherapy and mind healing and all the things? So uh, easiest ways would be either on Instagram or my website. So my website is danashalit.com. My Instagram is at danashalit and all the opportunities are there if you feel called to do so. Beautiful. Beautiful. How are you going to be iconic today, my beautiful friend? Oh, I am finishing this and then I have a couple meetings and I don't know. I'm going to let the day flow. That's how I will be iconic today. I will let it flow. (laughs) I love it. I love it. You are a joy. You are precious. I am grateful for who you are and the change you are creating in this world for leaders, feminine leaders. Thank you. Thank you. It's a true honor. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you know how deeply grateful I am for the time and space you give to the Becoming Iconic podcast. It is an honor and a privilege to show up here twice a week and pour into you. And thank you for those five-star reviews that you've been giving and those beautiful compliments. It means so much. And the time you spend to do that is just the most beautiful way to give back. The other thing I want to challenge us to as a community is to share more. It's so simple to copy this link into a text to a friend who you think would benefit from what you just listened to or share it into your stories. Make sure to tag me, by the way, because I love resharing and allowing your network to maybe discover something that they wouldn't have if it weren't for you. And just a gentle reminder that jenspiegel.com, that website was designed for you, for you in mind and what you need in your life and business, the blog, the resources, the different ways of working together. They all sit there and they're available to you. So I challenge you to go over there make it a habit of checking out what's new and exciting. At the end of the day, I just want you to know I love this community. I appreciate being able to show up for you and I just want you to make it a great day.